Yes, amen. There's a war going on. It is ferocious. It is intense. It is diabolical. And it is God. So, Father, we pray right now that you, as you are the captain of the hosts, would come forth with great power, with great um, wisdom, with great counsel, that you would give us wisdom and discernment and revelation. You said you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And right now, Lord God, truth is rare. Truth is precious. And we pray that even as your spirit bears witness with our spirit, as to what the truth is, that we will grasp onto that truth and know, Lord God, that you are with us. I thank you, Lord, that no weapon formed against us in the past, in the present, in the future will prosper, Lord God, that no words said, no deed done, no actions taken, the words of, of death spoken over all of the believers in Jesus Christ. May those words of witchcraft be broken off and covered with the blood of Jesus and fall to the ground and bring forth nothing. Father, we ask for the captain of the hosts, the army of the, of the Almighty God, the angels of heaven, to come down and do battle on our behalf. Lord God, that you'll rescue us even now. I thank you for wisdom, and I thank you for the revelation of Jesus Christ. I thank you for hope. I thank you for encouraging each heart to wake up, open our eyes, open our ears, let us see and hear and know that we are loved and you are with us. Amen. Amen. Well, we're talking today about a topic that is hardly ever talked about anymore. Um, It's a foreign concept. What could that be? Even in the lives of many believers in Jesus Christ. Our setting here is in Hebrews chapter 12, beginning with verse 25. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven. Mm -hmm. Whose voice then then shook the earth... But now he is promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. Now this, yet once more, indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken, as of those that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may, <coughs> excuse me, by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. It says, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. So our subject today is the fear of the Lord. Amen. We we have a a lot of uh, teaching um, in in the church about, you know, grace and mercy and love, and that's all appropriate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do we hear about the fear of the Lord? And it's like, oh, man, that sounds too negative. I mean, are we supposed to be scared of God? It's not, oh, no, here's God. Let's run away. Um, that's not what the fear of the Lord is. Well, I think one of the problems with the fear of the Lord is that people have been drifting away from the Lord for many, many generations, if not in, indeed from the beginning, where we have even Isaiah complaining of people who uh, are lost and drifting. They have eyes that they do not see, ears that they do not hear to this very day. Um, And that is part of the problem. When people don't see that they have a need, they don't recognize even that they're lost or wandering or drifting because they've been so acclimated or programmed or, or, 
used to, whatever you want to use for the word, to doing things the way they see them, it just becomes rote. And and Isaiah said, um, you know, he didn't see it either until the coals purged his lips and he was then able to see who he really was. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And the fear of the Lord comes with holiness, um, a, revelation, a, revel, a revelation of that holiness for God. And so part of our problem with lack of fear of the Lord is just lack of concept of God in the first place. Yeah, and what is what is the fear of the Lord? Well, we could say summarize it by saying this. It is essentially, the fear of the Lord is essentially a holy desire, holy, H-O-L-Y, mm-hmm. a pure desire, a, a, a heartfelt desire to please God. And it's also a healthy dread of displeasing Him. Isn't it interesting, though, that you can't have a healthy dread or a desire to please God if you don't even recognize the concept of God and the one true God, the Creator God? And going on again into Isaiah 6, he says, um, uh, he's, he says, I also, verse 8, I also hear the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. Then he said, Go and tell this people, Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and shut their eyes, lest they should see with their eyes and, and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and return and be healed. And this theme of closed eyes, dull ears has been throughout. Even in the New Testament, Jesus was referring back to that, um, having eyes they do not see, giving me lip service, all these kinds of things. So the fear of the Lord is really comes out of out of the reverence of, of and the revelation of the Lord. And, and right now, as we can see in our nation and in our world, the, the Lord has been marginalized. God has been marginalized, pushed to the side, absolutely uh, not even not even considered in, in most areas of, of communication and news and things like that. He's not even in our conversations for the most part. And well, so the fear of the Lord is, is missing. Right. It's missing because there's no revelation. And it says without... Uh, the word says that without revelation, without a prophetic revelation, the people perish. The people perish. Yeah. And so it, the, the word perish there means cast off restraint. They just, just kind of go, Give up. go wild. Go wild and go, go crazy. Go apostate. Yeah. They mm-hmm. just go away yeah. so, in, in their, all, all their old um, sinful pursuits and so forth. But so many of the people that we're talking to today, though, they do have a concept of God and they do want to um, pursue the reverent holiness for the Lord. And with that, we kind of want to help people see that to stir your own self up, let the Lord, the Holy Spirit within you, stir you up to seek God and seek his holiness. Exactly. The fear of the Lord is really, it's a holy reverence for God. And if if you don't have a revelation of God, you're not going to have a reverence reverence for Mm him. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's uh, the fear of the Lord. It's an attitude of the highest respect Right. And and it's even can be a matter of alarm and awe of him. Yeah. You know, you know, it's just like David took a look at the heavens, he said, Wow, he said, when I consider the heavens the works of your, your hands, hands. Mm-hmm. you know what is man that you are mindful of him, yeah. Right, exactly. Where do we come into this yeah, picture? It's like, you yeah. know, awe of him. You look at the creation that is not to be worshipped, it's to be we're to worship the creator of the creation. 
Yes. Not the creation right. itself. Exactly. We appreciate the creation, but the the creation mm-hmm. of the 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 stars, the planets, the beauties of the earth, mm-hmm. they speak of the creator. Right. They're the signature. They're Let's the handiwork. Let's go back to the source. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. the source of all this this beauty. But if you see, see the magnificence of the creation and the the detail and the intricate workings, uh, if you if you have a brain at all, you have to go back to concluding and asking the question, where did this come from? How did this get here? And there's only two options. It's really either it's it's a creation, divine, deliberate creation of the of an almighty God, or it's an accident. And well, Satan prefers the accident theory. The accident theory that somehow we just all evolved over billions of years. Everything just sort of... But everything yeah. came out of nothing. nothing for no reason. Yeah, right. And exactly. So, and, 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 you but, know, but see, now it's time. It's really time for us to come back to our roots and come back to the reverential fear of God. And one of the things that is part of the fear of the Lord for, uh, for those of us as believers is we have an accountability to him. Mm-hmm. Every one of us are going to give account of ourselves to God someday. We're going to stand before him. There's a judgment to come. Not to uh, condemn us. If we're serving the Lord, our works are going to be judged. We're going to give account. Jesus said every idle word Mm -hmm. that men shall speak, every idle, empty, foolish, evil word that men shall speak, they shall give account of in the day of judgment. Well, this reminds me of that parable of the the talents, Um, you know, that each one was given a certain amount of talents, five to one. And the one who buried his talent in the sand was the one who got in trouble. Um, it wasn't, you know, use what you have. And I think this is where we need to imp- encourage, inspire people right now. You know, too, too many times we have taken on the mandate of just being a consumer. We listen to other people. We, we, we you know, consume, we absorb, we take in. But I believe it's time to examine your talent. What is it? And to stand up and begin to use it for God's sake. And I'm not saying that in a cursing way. For God's sake and for your sake. Because the time is short and the time of using your talent. It's important for you to ask the Holy Spirit, what can, how can I respect God? How can I fear God? How can I use what God's given me? He says, um, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So ask in that fear of God. Get into a place, a quiet place. Shut off everything for a few minutes Take a notepad, if you will, and a pen and go into that quiet place and listen to God and see what he says to you. You have talents. You have a gift to speak or to write or to share or to to preach the gospel or to uh, help people understand where they're at and what's happening. In the parable of the talents, we have the man that had the one talent and he buried it. He says, I was afraid. That was not the fear of God. Yeah. He he was, he yeah, was that's afraid. Right. He said, oh, well... N- I'm just going to just keep it here. I'm just going to keep it close to the vest. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, you said about consumer mentality. We see this a lot in the churches. You know, we want we want our hour or so of uh, entertainment and preaching and feel good and coffee and everything like that and kind of go our merry way when the Lord has gifted us. God has called us. And a lot of times the, uh, the enemy, Satan, intimidates us in saying, what you have isn't worth anything. Mm-hmm. You can't do much. You can't make a difference. Right. Why try? Mm-hmm. You know, you no tried, one wants you, to hear what you have before. to say. Yeah, right. Yeah. I tried before and I was rejected. Mm-hmm. Uh, get over that. Get over that. Get over yourself because get it's not about that. you. Right. It's a matter of saying, Lord, okay, what have you called me to do? And whatever it is, if it's, um, there's an old song that says, even though it's humble, help my will to crumble. 
Mm-hmm. In other words, I'm just going to follow you mm-hmm. regardless of what it is. And if you're part of the the smallest thing God is doing, you're part of the biggest thing God is doing. Well, and I believe that we are in an intense and incredibly, uh, oh, I don't know, epic time, probably one of the only, the, the biggest and most important, crucial time the earth has ever faced. And all hands need to be on deck because we're in the midst of a terrible storm. And some of you are intercessors and prayers, and you need to pray and beseech God, cry out to God. I We were watching a video last night of some the Let Us Worship team that goes throughout the United States and brings people to Christ uh, through their worship and through their music and through their prayers and intercession. And, you know, you see these these souls, people who are being touched with the presence of God, the fear of God, the Holy Spirit. And, you know, those people need to be discipled. They need to be gathered together. They need to be. And God has a plan, and the Holy Spirit has a plan. He has a perfect plan. And maybe you're going to be led to some of these people. We need to get into the harvest field. We, You know, like you said earlier, Jerry, um, sometimes we don't think that our gift will count. We don't think that anybody will want to hear what we have to say, or, or we don't, we're nothing. And, and, and it's, it's, that's a kind of an inverse, reversed vanity. Right. To think about yourself as being nothing, so therefore nothing you say has any importance. Exactly, exactly. And the thing is, if they don't receive us... They didn't receive Jesus either? They didn't like right. Paul they very don't much? Receive, if they reject you, they re, know that they rejected Jesus. Mm-hmm. The thing is, it doesn't matter. And yes, it does matter. But whether they receive us or reject us, it's a matter of... We need to, we're called to speak right. the word. And we have to give an account of ourselves and we will all stand in individually before the Lord God someday and he will say, either well done or not so good. We give the word out, you know, that's our that's our calling. Mm-hmm. And whether they receive Preach it or not, the word. We, mm-hmm. we give it out there. We can't make decisions for other people. Right. The sooner we learn that, the better off we can influence, we can bring the truth, we can bring uh, guidance, counsel, wisdom. Um, support, um, you know. And there's different ways to do that. Some people plant the seeds. Some people water the seeds. Some people, you know, pull the weeds around the seeds. Some people... Reap the seed. uh, Yeah. And so all of these things are vital and important. So no one is less than anyone else. The only thing where you... The only way you can lose in this is by not doing anything and, be, and and that goes back to the fear of the Lord. If you don't fear the Lord and that and know that you have to give an account of this great God who made us and loves us and made a plan for our life, and you can't um, uh, respond and honor Him enough to give Him, you know, it says what it says, um, uh, present yourselves to the Lord, a living sacrifice, yes. only acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. How many of us are willing to put our lives, our bodies, our conveniences? our words, our reputation, uh, what other people think about us, our schedules, onto that altar and let God now run the show. Because many of us, I think part of the reason the church is so behind is because it's running on one cylinder and the bride of Christ is so unprepared because there's not an intensity, there's not a passion. And we need to pray that God will send us that fear of God, that God will send back and return to this earth a, a tremendous fear of the Lord that we will be able to be found busy about our Father's uh, business. Well, God has given us apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, what? To to train the people of God, to equip the -hmm. people of God for works of service. It's not just, you know, it's it's like, um, you know, they used to say about uh, football games, there's 50,000 people in need of exercising, watching 22 people that are in need of rest. 
And so here's the deal. It's it's like God is equipping you. God is calling yes. you. Mm-hmm. It's not just, it's not a one-man show that, you know, it's, well, the pastor does this and the yeah. teacher does this. And the or the prophet or something. We're called. We have a calling we have a body, of God. The body of and, Christ. And true uh, Christian leaders do everything they can to help you, encourage you, and equip you to fulfill the ministry you have. And they're not, a true leader is not uh, threatened by your success. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the leaders in the church, we put them in a place ahead of, at the head of the rank. And I think the leaders are servant leaders. And most of them, as Jesus, they kind of led from behind. They led through example. They led through teaching and word. And people have to make choices. You make the choice first. Before you can tell anyone else to make the choice to get up and serve God and be afraid and, and fear the Lord, you and I need to be doing what we're preaching, practicing what we're preaching and dig deeper. It's time to dig deeper. You, you kind of, we kind of sometimes get into a comfort zone where, yes, I have my daily Bible studies, I have my daily devotional, I have my reading, I have my worship time, I have my whatever. Dig deeper, press into God. And, you know, because the days are, I can't even say dark. There's not even hardly words to tell you, and I know you already know this if you pay attention in your spirit, how evil, how evil has overtaken um, the places where righteousness and justice and truth should abide. and But we still have time in terms of you still have a life, you still and, and get back what's been stolen from you. Ask the Lord to show you what are the lies that have caused me to be uh, blind or, or numb or stupefied or resistant or wake up, wake up. Lord God, we pray that you'd wake up the people yes. and that the fear of the Lord would come upon this nation and upon your people. Yes, Lord. Because God doesn't need 3 million or 30,000 people to do something. He just needs one. And you are one. He used Noah. He used Moses. He used Joseph. He used all these. They were one. And out of one, God made many and God brought forth great things. So don't despise the day of small beginnings and say, well, who am I? I'm nothing. David could have sat in the shepherd, you know, for training and teaching and keeping the flocks for all of his 18, 19, 20 years and said, I'm nothing. I'm out here doing nothing. But he did something with his time. He began to learn how to play the guitar and worship God and write songs and fall in love with Jesus so that, well, the Jesus he knew obviously back then was the God of Israel and begin to um, be internally prepared for what he was going to face. And he was going to face a lot of very difficult things. And maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe we don't want trouble. We don't want hard things. Maybe we just want to stay in a safe little spot and be unnoticed. Well, you mentioned David. David had a revelation of the greatness of God. You know, he's sitting out there and, uh, you know, seeing his greatness, seeing his creation. And and he saw the greatness of God through him. He had a fear of God, but he didn't have a fear of Goliath. Yeah, there you go. So when you have a fear of God, said, you won't have a fear of yeah, Goliath. Who, he says, who do you think you, you are, are to defy the armies of the living God? And he goes forth. And so there's a, there's a faith, there's a strength in the fear of the Lord. Let's let's just go back just a little bit. Why is there no fear of the Lord? Or why is there so little fear of the Lord, even in the in the church, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even in, our, in our culture? You know, in... in uh, Romans chapter three verse eighteen says, "There's no fear of God before their eyes," and and there's so. You know, some people have no fear of God. And they don't know about God. They've they, never they been trained. They don't even know the story of God. Yeah, and, and they they're at the place where 
Uh, God is not in in their thoughts even. Mm-hmm. And and it says in the, and Jesus said in the days of Noah, as it was in the days of Noah, mm-hmm. so shall it be in the days of the coming of Son of Man. And what one of the characteristics of that day before the flood was that the men's hearts were only the evil. thoughts of men's mm-hmm. hearts were only evil continually. Now think about that. There was only evil. Yeah. There, they, they didn't have a righteous thought in their heads. That's right. Well, we're kind of there right now, we're, as it was in the days of Noah. We're right there. Yeah. But the thing is, again, going back to the word fear, you know, the Bible says perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. And what are people, what's the dominant uh, oppressing spirit right now in the nation? One fear. of the main ones is fear, right? There's a couple that are tag teaming this thing, but fear, you know, fear of COVID, fear of of dying, fear of being, you know, losing a job. Yeah, fear, all kinds of fears. But, you know, perfect love, perfect love, knowing the the love of God, that God demonstrated his own love for us in that while we were yet sinners, he died, Christ died for us. Knowing that, that this God that we love and respect also led the way by dying for us, by purchasing us back from Satan, by bringing us out of this, this um, ultimate annihilation that we were headed towards death and destruction. So the fear of the Lord replaces fear of man, fear of COVID, fear of dying, fear of what's going to happen next. Um, Because when you know that God is good and God is love and God loves us and God laid down his life for us, then the fear of God doesn't become like dread so much as it becomes like awe and respect and and reverence and and, and, uh, safety, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm Mm-hmm. So what we have, you know, again, why is there no or very little fear of the Lord? One of the one of the things is there's denial of His existence. Right. You right. know, the Bible says the fool has said in his heart, "There is, there no. is no God." Mm-hmm. So we deny His existence. Well, that's God. been a big push forever. Oh. Satan has created that narrative yeah. since before the flood. And all of the mythologies and all of the ways that people were taught to believe that they came into existence, even now the foolishness of the stories is almost incomprehensible. How can someone with a reasonable, logical mind even believe such garbage? Because there aren't reasonable, logical minds. Well, because their minds have been blinded by the God of this world. That's why. And so we have to be patient, I suppose, merciful, forgiving. Those people who are so led astray don't believe God exists, but please, for God's sake and for the sake of those who are yet to be found and saved, don't be afraid to reach out. Don't be afraid to say something um, or or show something. You can A lot of times the gospel is preached through our, our behavior, through our words, through our witness, uh, in ways that don't use words. Sometimes it's just tears in your closet, praying for the lost. You can do that. And that doesn't you know, put you out there in any jeopardy of them. Just be, begin to intercede for these little lost ones that commit suicide, but before they're, you know, 18 years old and, and give up and, and, and believe lies and swall- be swallowed up by Satanism and sexual abuse and pedophilia and TikTok and everything else out there. So if we see someone, we should say something. See something, say something. Yeah, if you see something, say something. But if you see someone, when you see the Lord, you have to say something. You have to speak um, his truth. And another thing is that the lack of fear of the Lord comes from misinterpretation of his nature and character. You know, we think of God as just some, you know, cotton candy. He just accepts everything and everything is okay. 
you know, we can just live any way we want and it'll be all right and we'll somehow go to heaven somehow. And yeah. and uh, so there's a misinterpretation. And it says in uh, Romans, Paul writes, behold the goodness and severity of God. So there's a, there's a, he's always good. He's always righteous, but he's also holy and he hates, he hates sin and so forth. And then there's those of us that, you know, serve other gods, which are not really gods. They're, they're demons. We serve, yes. you know, we serve money. We serve things. Mm-hmm. We serve Fear of power, yeah. power position. You know, yep. We serve our stuff, that sort of thing, <clears throat> position. Yeah. Well, it's, it's all this stuff is futile and empty and it's going to amount to nothing if it doesn't. Uh, if you, you know, if your treasure is here on earth, if your efforts are here on earth, uh, to, uh, to, uh, gather the praises of men or whatever that might be, or just basically survive, even survival is vanity. If it's not, you know, if you don't rest in the Lord, God mm-hmm. isn't interested in your survival. He is interested in your survival. He wants us to do well, to be blessed, to be profitable, <clears throat> but we have to turn it, you know, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteous, do not be afraid of what you're going to eat or where or where you're going to go and live. Commit your way to the Lord and he will, you know, direct your path. God is good. Yeah, and there's ignorance of his word. We just don't know his word. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Yeah. And so uh, ignorance of his word or disregard of his word, even if we, well, I know the word, but I'm not going to do it anyway. I'm not going to mm-hmm. follow it anyway. And, right, or we that, feel like, you know. That's part of the lack of I the think, fear of the Lord. Yeah, and, and fear of being controlled by God. I think we believe that if we, you know, don't take matters into our own hands, he's going to control us through guilt and through legalism and law, and we're going to have to do things we don't want to do. That is not relationship with God. He doesn't come as a coercion, a force of intimidation. He comes in, in love. He comes through his word. He comes through his spirit. He comes through grace. He comes to draw us into a relationship with him. The Bible says that people cannot come to God unless the Father can't, can't come to Jesus unless the Father draw them. You have been drawn to God for a reason because he loves you and he wants your life to be the fullest of what it can be, what he created, what he intended, what he had in his heart for you to become, to be, to reveal his life and love and power in you. Yeah, and then there's the perversion of the gospel. We twist the gospel and make it something that it isn't. You know, we we put it into, you know, make it a bunch of religious rules or else on the other, which is so rigid and harsh. Mm-hmm. Uh, it promotes the wrong fear of God. The wrong fear of God. Mm-hmm. And then the other end of it is that, well, you can just do kind of whatever you want to do and it's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we've, we've got that. I think we're more on that end of it today. You can do just whatever, whatever you want to believe. To be, whatever. Well, we've been taught and trained that and the, the churches have been set up to be comfortable, to bring people to come. We're, to we're, along we're, by the, we're, we're moving out of our comfort zones now because there is no more comfort zone out there. And the perversions of the gospel, you're right. Um, the counterfeit gospels, the corrupted versions, the, the harsh, abrasive law, legalism, you know, God's going to strike you dead kind of thing on the one side. And on the other side, it's, you know, whatever you want to do, but the perversions <clears throat> have taken away the power of the gospel. The true gospel of Jesus Christ is a gospel of power and deliverance and healing and life and hope and goodness and justice and mercy. The gospel of Jesus Christ is our only hope down here. It's our gift. It's what we, we want to unwrap it. We want to use it. We want to see what God has in that gift for you, for each of us. 
Yeah, and, and another thing is the failure to take heed to his warnings. I mean, God has all kinds of warning signs mm-hmm. out there. I mean, there's natural disasters, there's there's human tragedies, there's just the proliferation of evil of all kinds out there. And and part of that is just like, okay, look at what's going on. Look at what the results are well, of, of our, people of our sin. who are... Yeah, who, who, of our sin and people who are not acknowledging God. Well, see, what has happened there is um, they have agreed with the lies, the liar, the perversions. And because of that, the consequences and the demonic judgments that have come upon them that now we think are God. But God is still, you know, willing. He's waiting. He's not run away. He's not, you know, cast us away. He wants us to come. He knows how difficult it is down here. He knows how uh, clever Satan is, how wily, how insidious, how the spirits of divination and deception have deceived people into believing horrific, terrible lies, lies of hopelessness, lies of destruction, lies that cause them to do heinous things. And so, but, but that's the gospel of Jesus Christ is the true it's, it's grace and good news is simply what it is. And Satan has made it into all kinds of other things. Get back into the Word. Start reading the Word. Take off your religious glasses. Read it for what it says. And rejoice. And if you don't rejoice and if you feel half dead and you're not interested in reading the Word of God and you think you've got to have some preacher tell you how to read the Word of God, well, that's fine. You can do Bible studies. That's great. I mean, other people's insights also are helping and encouraging. But for yourself, you have to eat your own food. Honestly, you cannot have the preacher eat your food for you and think you're going to live or, or, or you know, use his regurgitated food. How is a 45-minute sermon on a Sunday morning through Zoom going to help you live in these days? You have got to get into the Word of God yourself and make it a priority, you know, make it a priority for crying. We have been so pressured, stressed, driven to achieve or produce or perform or you know, keep our schedule or whatever it is. We we have lost our ability to just be, abide, rest, cry out, and, and realize that of my own self, I can do nothing, but I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. Yeah, in the, in the fear of the Lord, there are a lot of blessings of the fear of the Lord. And why is the fear of the Lord so important? Well, one of the things is that the fear of the Lord is a monitor of our behavior, Mm-hmm. And when you have the fear of the Lord, you, you really... Or it brings you back you, into correct behavior. It talks about living correctly. Mm-hmm. It lives circumspectly. I think it's Ephesians yeah, 5. Yeah, redeeming the time for the days redeeming are evil. Redeeming the time. Mm-hmm. In other words, live carefully. That mean, doesn't mean we live fearfully. Oh, I'm afraid I might make a mistake or you know, step live, on a landmine or something like that. But it's it's a monitor conscientiously. where you're living... Mm-hmm. Aware. In the presence of God. Aware. Awake. Marjorie, you mentioned about the Word of God in Psalm 1. It talks about in His Word, He meditates day and night. Mm-hmm. If there's ever a time right. now where we've got misinformation, lies, agendas, deliberate. lying narratives coming at us from every direction, from our phones, from our computers, from our TVs, from our radios, uh, even from our pulpits, We've got to go to the Word of God. We've got to meditate in it day and night, mm-hmm. and it's life to you. It's it's really, it's really our Word is, it's our life. This is what's going yeah, to keep yeah, us. Yeah, that's is, exactly is, right. His His Word. He keeps us through His Word, and not only mm-hmm. knowledge, you know, 
acknowledging it and reading it, mm-hmm. but doing what he's meditating on it is to important do. too. Memorizing it is important too because you carry this word with you because these are the things with which we defeat Satan. And if you have a problem with reading the word, whether it's time schedule. Uh, sometimes people say, I can't read the word because when I read the word, I get too convicted or, or too, I feel condemned. Uh, I feel like God's mad at me. They're, they've taken certain glasses of condemnation and, and error and put them on and read and look at God through lenses that Satan has cre- created. All you see is like wrath, wrath, wrath. Yeah. Well, take those glasses off and just for crying yeah. out loud, just yeah. read one word at a time. You know, grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and the Lord mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Paul mm-hmm. puts that at the greeting in every one of his epistles, I think. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father. Now, would, why would God the Father want grace, mercy, and peace to you if he's such a wrathful, horrible, you know, difficult God? Let us um, get give up on all of our notions, Father God, and let us give up on you know, being, feel, feeling alienated from you. Lord, it is so time. It is so time right now to draw ourselves. You draw us, Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit into your word, into the into your heart, Lord God, that we will not be defeated, that we will be more than conquerors, that we mighty warriors, that will be the, the bride of Christ. We're in such incredibly days of opportunity. Let us not miss the opportunity by sleeping it away or by trying to avoid what's going on or trying to dismiss ourselves from the room. God, get us involved. Get us, raise up your body. This is the only hope for the earth at all are those who know the Lord God because those who know their God will do exploits in the name of Jesus Christ. So, Father, we pray right now that we would do exploits in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. And, Lord, I thank you for the word of Hebrews 12 uh, 28 to 29. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, Amen. let us have grace Amen. by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Amen. For our God is a consuming fire. We are receiving a kingdom. Hallelujah. An unshakable kingdom. Amen. And God is going to shake a lot of things around us. Let us not be shaken. Anything in you that He that can shake will be shaken. God cause us to stand and receive this kingdom, receive the the revelation of Jesus Christ and your plan for our lives this day and from this day forward. Amen. Amen. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.